Shut up and sit down. Whatever. Welcome to another episode of the Super Movie Studies Podcast, a show about comic book movies approached from every angle and a community of nerds discussing how fiction relates to nonfiction. I'm your comic book cultured host, Michael Maurer, joined by the movie maestro, James Skyler Houtsma, the scientific scholar, Ben Anderson, and our special guest, Star Trek Savant. I'll allow it. All right. Hey, my name's Marin. Yeah, there, that'll do it. Okay, <laughs> to the blue text. SMSP is your premier movie discussion podcast. Each week we continue our journey exploring our favorite subjects, superhero movies. Every fan sees the movies differently, so we gather some amateur experts to discuss certain aspects of the movie. Whether it's money, comic books, music, science, or giving it all she's got, Captain <laughs> SMSP talks about it all in this week's episode. Now, that's Starfleet property, okay? Can I just take it? Oh, but I'm feeling generous today, so I'll have at it. Where you get that? It's my Starfleet insignia. What does it mean? It means that I'm an officer of Starfleet's uh, engineering division. Engineering? Hey, that's right. I, I fix things. I know what is engineering. You know with those bastards that killed my ship, are you? <clears throat> I'll take that as a no. He is crawl. He is the reason why you're here. Come with me. Now. Wait, now hang on a minute, Lassie. I'm having a difficult day here. I've got to find my crewmates. You help me, and I help you. All right, well, things being as they are, I doubt I'll get a better offer today, so lead the way. Good. I am Jayla, and you are Montgomery Scott. Aye, Scotty. Come now, Montgomery Scotty. All right, hold on. Star Trek <laughs> Beyond. And yes, there will be spoilers. <laughs> Did you? That was probably not. You're pretty. You're, you're solid on impressions, but that one was not the greatest, Scotty. I'll lay it on the line. I didn't. Uh, I did not think that one through as well as I could. <laughs> to be fair, Scottish accents are notoriously difficult. Fair enough. All right, first opinions. Yeah, you just kind of have to shout about what. <laughs> Scottish people are notoriously difficult. <laughs> Talkers, they are pretty difficult. They're fantastic, though. Have you ever seen Scottish Twitter? <laughs> Scottish Twitter is pretty funny. <laughs> it, it is. It really. If you can translate great. it, it is pretty great. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's yeah. hear what Skyler had to say about Star Trek Beyond. Star Trek Beyond. Okay. Um, Star Trek Beyond was probably some of the most fun I had at the movies this past summer and i was completely not expecting it to be since uh the previous film was just kind of meh this one seemed like they were just trying to drop it out as fast as they could to keep the uh uh the rights with them but it totally wasn't it was a lot of fun um it had a you know fun light-hearted tone it had a really good villain which i think helps out in any case and it felt more star trekky i feel like if, from my limited knowledge of the uh, the lore, then uh, I don't know anything in the past couple of years. So I dug it. Popcorn Ben. <sighs> I miss the old Star Trek. Straight from the go Star Trek. Chop up the soul Star Trek. Set on his goals <laughs> Star Trek. I hate the new Star Trek. The bad mood Star Trek. The always rude Star Trek. Spaz in the news Star Trek. I miss the sweet Star Trek. Chop up the beats Star Trek. I gotta say, at the same time, I'd like to meet Star Trek. What, what is this? That's from Kanye's new album. Oh, I don't, I don't. <laughs> I, just replaced that the word, one. I just replaced the words Kanye with Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Kanye's a genius, man. No, um, I miss the old Star Trek. You do? I do. I, I. You have to, what kind of old Star yeah, Trek? Which do you one? There's though? fifteen. Uh, mostly. Next Generation. Okay. And the original series, mm. including mm. season one. Uh. Although I know that's an unpopular opinion. Mm. Um, but no, th for me, I did not care for, I hated Star Trek Into Darkness. Okay. Um, and Star Trek, why? Star Trek. Why? Um, well, okay. I'll talk about why Joss Whedon. <laughs> no, J.J. Abrams. 
2009. Yes. It felt kind of, um, kind of fan servicey and like they took everything about the characters into, in the original series and said, okay, what does everyone know about them? Let's turn that characteristic <laughs> up to 11. <laughs> and, and I was like, okay, it's an exciting action movie. That's fine. And then Star Trek into darkness was more of that with a less good story yep and <laughs> obnoxious fan service and to me star trek <laughs> beyond was like a, a return to form it, it was the mm-hmm. old star trek again and the best use of a beastie boys song in any movie ever probably oh, yes. completely agreed fuck yeah yeah it was great so jj abrams is really good at homages fan service mm-hmm. and taking something old and kind of giving it a facelift so it's new but it also kind of still leaves a good feeling at the end of the movie for a lot of like diehard fans. Yeah, I really like this movie. Totes. Yeah, it had that... I agree with you, Ben. Yeah, good. Yay. <laughs> Validated. <laughs> well, this, well, this new one was really fun because a lot of the struggles more so with Next Generation um, than like OG, and then maybe with Voyager was the struggle between humanity's past and humanity's future, and that's definitely what Star Trek Beyond was all about. Was uh, the glory and the happiness of what Star Trek is is how it's an idealized future and how it's like, we're going to mm-hmm. travel to spacey stars and we're not going to colonize space. We're just going to explore it and it's going to be great. Yeah, don't interfere and, with anything, but you're yeah. going to end up interfering with everything. But start yeah. the movie by detonating an ice bomb on a planet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just <definitely> exactly. interfering. <laughs> to be fair, that's just that's just Fast and the Furious director dude for you. James oh. Wynn, that's just him liking explosions. No, oh, sure. I mean, like as soon as I saw that directed by James Wynn, I was like, that dude had to have so much fun with this movie. All he yeah. knows how to do is have fun with movies. I love him and Fast and the Furious. And I don't care what other people say. I know. Stupid. I mean, it's long, it's you know, it's a little flippant, but hey, it's a movie. Get over yeah. it. Enjoy it. Vin Diesel deserves to be an actor. Damn it! Triple <laughs> <laughs> X: Return of Xander Cage. Brian, <laughs> we have to admit to be Brian. <laughs> is that your Wait, Sylvester Stallone? Schwarzenegger or Vin Diesel? <laughs> it could have been any of the three. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> could do Steven Seagal. You know, he used to be a cop for like two years. It could have been a contender. <laughs> All right, that's Marlon Brando. <laughs> now I'm just a nobody. Yeah, no, I agree with you, Ben. Star Trek Beyond was more classic Star Trek than the flashy pretty. Mm-hmm. We can do whatever we want because we messed up space and time. Yeah. DJ Abrams, Star Trek. Yeah. Beyond. Ugh. I just love this Star Trek new franchise. You know, I love that Star Trek mm-hmm. is back. You know, uh, there was a time after Enterprise where people just stopped watching Star Trek and they stopped making it and nobody really cared. And then the reboot came out in 2009. And it was like, whoa, remember how cool this stuff was? Remember how much you love these characters like 50 years ago? And now here they are <laughs> <No>. again. Yeah. <laughs> Well, these fifty-year-old characters. Yes, not you remembering that. But <laughs> to the the fans who who yeah. who have been there, it's like mm-hmm. yes, we're back. We got young faces to bring in new viewers, so that we have people who actually go back and watch the old stuff because they know how good it is. Stuff like that. And then that. they see trouble with triples, and they're super confused as to what's going on. <laughs> or they see arena, and they're like, God, this was some <laughs> dumb shit. Any. <laughs> About, and then about seventy percent of the episodes from the original series. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. All right. There were, yeah. there I were would say more than eggs. seventy. That's being incredibly generous. <laughs> Back to Beyond. It was, it was really just okay. Take them out of space. Put them on, strand them on a planet. I love when you isolate the story. That's my favorite thing. It's just like you don't just because you have this entire universe doesn't mean you have to go there in a movie. Um, in a, if you want to make a giant universe, you can explore that through different avenues, books, TV, all that kind of thing. But with movies, you have a lot to tell in a little amount of time. Pick a spot and stay there. Um, that's why, you know, we come back to how awesome Dread is. Dread's this awesome universe that expands from coast to coast, but the movie only takes place in like one small building, um, comparatively to the rest of the city. And you're like, you really didn't stop all that much crime. But you were bad ass doing it. Mm-hmm. Or or Daredevil season one. 
Batman is boring as hell because he's got all of Gotham City. Daredevil's badass because he has five blocks in Lower Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> he's blind, so he just shambles and through he- it. He's doing his damnedest to take care of those blocks. <laughs> Man, there's a lot of Chinese and Russian people on these blocks. Yeah, New York is so diverse, except for only these two countries. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Because uh, crime doesn't exist anywhere else. <laughs> Especially not L.A. All right. Uh, so why are there no Chicago heroes? Anyway, um... No for, one will survive that. <laughs> first opinions uh, is over. So let's go down to the money of a budget of $185 million for a the now a full-in franchise. Good amount of money to shell out for this yeah. money you would expect to see, what, a $500 million return? Yeah, you said earlier that uh, Star Trek is back. It's back, baby. And now it's going away because domestic gross was $158.8 million. Foreign gross was $184.6 million. To bring its grand total to $343.4 million. Not even an international hit. The franchise is pretty much on hold now because that was disappointing. Well, this is obviously better than Into Darkness, I think. So much better! Than Into Darkness. I mean, whether you think Into Darkness is a good movie here or there, this one was just a better movie overall. It was, but I feel like people still had the taste from that one when seeing this one was coming out. And it's like, oh, it's going to be a stupid fan service action movie. And it wasn't, but I still feel like that impacted its Yo, hume. But, but every like Star Wars... Episode seven and Rogue One were stupid fan service <laughs> movies, and people are going gangbusters for those. <laughs> it's Ben, true. you're so bitter about Rogue One. I love it. <laughs> it's that's kind of true, I guess. Um, just like with Star Wars, we've got kids shows. With Star mm-hmm. Wars, we've got a lot more toys. With Star Wars, we've got a lot more media, uh, just explosion in many different directions. Marvel Comics publishes star wars comics idw publishes star trek yeah that that doesn't really help any um yeah and star wars didn't have that five to eight year gap there where no one was doing anything with it so fair well star trek has always had this kind of burden of being like the ignored ugly stepsister to star wars kind of Mm-hmm. You know? and, and yet 2016 was the year where they put out a better Star Trek movie than a Star Wars movie. Yeah. So. Yeah. Sink that Relatively. <laughs> but Star no, Wars has like the lofty fantasy and the action and Star Trek has adventure and everything like that, but it doesn't have like the intense pull that Star Wars does, no. you know? It's true. And this movie opened uh, late July this year. Um mm-hmm. uh, it's it was pretty much the only big release in its weekend. It certainly didn't have any uh, competition from the previous week's movie, which was Ghostbusters. Um, it had a good two weeks before Suicide Squad came out to uh, perform. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> as of right now, it's the third best Star Trek movie behind the previous two, um, $228 million for Into Darkness and $257 million for... Oh nine. Oh, uh, it had a pretty decent opening with uh, fifty nine million dollars. That's not quite up to uh, the other films' openings, but you know, clearly enough to take first place. Uh, and of as of uh, the end of the year tally, it is the twenty fourth uh, biggest worldwide film of twenty sixteen, uh, narrowing it down to summer. Fifth biggest movie. Um, in the U.S., 11th biggest worldwide. Okay. Interesting, interesting stats. So it, it's not like, you know, obviously it's making more money than we'll all probably see in our lifetimes, <laughs> uh, which, you know, good for it. It just uh, had some lofty in, expectations. Yeah, well, money in terms of Hollywood movies, though, is so different than what we would yeah. ever be accustomed to, you know? Like, this is a franchise where movies see billions, and they may even see that as not enough sometimes. I'm waiting mm-hmm. for that new Star Trek TV show. That's Which all. is postponed indefinitely. Ah! Yeah. Okay, fine. But they keep casting for it. Um, <laughs> all right. Here's here's one more lesson to take from the money on this one. Uh, these 
the domestic and foreign were pretty close. But you have movies like Warcraft, where nobody went and saw it in the U.S., but everyone went and saw it elsewhere, which put it above Star Trek. So now more than ever is when, you know, non-U.S. money is going to make the difference. And they have a diverse cast. They do. They really do. What the heck? And And it's not even like clearly pandering to the Chinese market like Star Wars does. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Right. (laughs) Oh, goodness. The bitterness does not stop, but that's fine. Star Trek, the the cast of Star Trek is legitimately diverse. (laughs) Yes. Right. It's for the purpose of the film. Whereas Star Wars is cynically diverse. Oh, my. Okay, fine. Uh, (laughs) So moving on to the comic book section, I want to rattle off some fun things about the comic books real quick. So... What we all know, Star Trek started in 1966 uh, on NBC. Gene Roddenberry, and then the comics rights to who could publish comic books about Star Trek started to jump around. It all started in the 60s when there were more than just like two comic book companies that you actually knew the name of, uh, and there was a comic book company called Gold Key, which I do believe is now considered a Disney imprint. Um, yeah, yeah, with the, <laughs> they weren't at the time. Uh, but they originally held the stories, uh, held the rights to publish and did stories revolving, revolving around the main cast and then moving into TV continuity eventually. And they published that all the way up until 1979. And it jumps to Marvel, who starts publishing a tie-in series with uh, Star Trek, the motion picture, because they were all about grabbing movies and publishing comic books about those movies at that time because they thought that was going to make them money. And it kind of did. It worked with Star Wars. It didn't really work with Star Trek. Go figure. Uh, 1984. DC now has it somehow, making a sequel series to The Wrath of Khan that continues past the plot of Search for Spock, uh, which are, by the way, the movies of Star Trek. How does it go? Motion picture, Wrath of Khan, Search for Spock. I don't know what four is. Uh, Return Home. Okay, the one with the Point whales. Home, Journey home, and then undiscovered planet. Two more. There's two more of the old school, and then you start getting into like generations. Of okay, next generation. Undiscovered so. country, and then the whale one. The whale one is the last one. Yeah, all the no, the whale one. Whale one is Long Journey Home. Yeah. Oh, is it? Okay, yeah. Okay, and undiscovered. That's the best one. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Almost, yeah, it's good. Anyways, keep going. Uh, <laughs> uh, Actually, surprise, that's the fourth biggest Star Trek movie above even the uh, Next Generation stuff. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's a great movie. <laughs> uh, so Stop <laughs> laughing like that. It's awesome. Um, <laughs> it ran 56 issues on, under DC until 1988. Uh, they had a one-year hiatus until they rebooted the series and ran 80 more issues between the events of Star Trek V and Star Trek VI. Also, a limited Next Generation series um, came out, because that's when the show was sort of coming out at the same time. Now it's 1993, and Malibu somehow has the rights to publish a series alongside Star Trek Deep Space Nine and Star Trek Voyager television shows, which nobody cares about. So we're going to keep going. Enter 1996, and the rights are back at Marvel, publishing four different Star Trek books with stories on... The original series, The Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, and now two new originals known as Starfleet Academy and Early Voyages. The former, kind of self-explanatory about what that's about, cadets. And then the latter, focusing on Christopher Pike's time as captain of the Enterprise, which I wish would have been drawn as group Bruce Greenwood at the time, which would have been cool. But I mean, like, time travel, whatever. Uh, Yeah, Bruce Greenwood. (laughs) 1999, slide on back to DC under their imprint Wildstorm. No ongoing series now, just limited series that revolved around the Next Generation movies, uh, Insurrection and Nemesis. 2002 to 2005. Nothing. Star Trek was kind of starting to die out in the early 2000s. Star Shrek. <laughs> no, oh, that's not ouch. funny. Stop that. Wouldn't it be Star Wreck? Like Shipwreck? Ah, uh, Star Trek. <laughs> Star Trek, get out of my ship. <laughs> hey, now, you're a Star Trek. Get your game on. <laughs> it's an all, all, all Star Trek. All Star Trek. All Star Trek. 
Oh my god, we're going downhill. <laughs> Finally, 2006, IDW picks it up and starts publishing miniseries Up the Wazoo, currently 31 in total throughout the past decade alone, and an ongoing series called Star Trek, or as it's known around the community, called Star Trek Ongoing, which ran for 60 issues until they retitled it last year to Star Trek Boldly Go. The miniseries jumped around, and the mini, the different miniseries has jumped around in subject matter, but by 2009, the ongoing series was set in the rebooted movies, continuity, taking advantage of movie tie-ins, and mostly just retelling old TOS plot lines with the updated crew. Comic books. <laughs> so, uh, Star Trek's been, it's, it's gotten around in the comic book realm. I don't, I mean, to the same extent that Star Wars did, really. Yeah. Really, yeah. I mean, Dark Horse, Marvel, yeah. Marvel again. <laughs> those those two are very much cinematic experiences, True. I think. Yes. Yes. And as as someone who handles comic books at his job, I can confirm that neither one really sells. Woo! Yeah. Well, Star Wars did when the movie came out, but that was about it. Some of them are very collectible now that, you know, timelines are all fucked up uh in the uh the case of star trek not as much the uh the gold key ones oh yeah if they're in good condition can go yes pretty well otherwise no yeah otherwise no otherwise it's just next generation flipping crap that was and plus all of its publishing came out in the 90s like they just they ran through the mill during the 90s what you're saying that comic books jumped the fucking shark in the 90s whoa what a concept no, nobody understands. Brief aside, <laughs> can is Petunia okay to be just in a room by herself with the cats? Uh, as far mm-hmm. as I know, yeah. Okay. The puppy. Why? Did she give him birth she, yet? Do, Austin wants to go to bed. Oh, but Petunia's just still hanging out. I mean, it's more so: are the cats okay with it? Then is Petunia okay with it? Because Petunia showed no aggression to cats. Yeah, and the cats like they're whatever. But I don't know if that'll change when, like, if Austin goes to bed. Okay. Um, I'll just. Oh, Austin! I'm so proud of her going to bed at ten o'clock. <laughs> this is this is like this is normal. This is up late for her. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'll just tell her if the She's... cats are okay. Michael says Petunia will be okay on her own. She should be. Yeah. She just. I mean, like if you lay down in a bed, Petunia will probably snuggle with you, and you tell her like, "Come on up here." She'll be like, "Yes, awesome. Let's do this," <laughs> because she is a cuddle monster. Uh, Get her- Transitioning to music. Music. Okay, so preface. We're talking about Star Trek Beyond today, but we're also kind of getting into everything Star Trek. I have neither the experience nor capability of doing justice to an entire segment of Star Trek music. Nobody does. (laughs) From the beginning, I'm sure there are plenty of people out there who are much more passionate about this than I am, and this being someone who's still interested in it. So, a um, little brief history before we get to uh, what we're mainly going to be talking about today. Original music for Star Trek, the original series, is done by Alexander Courage. Uh, fast forward, you get to Jerry Goldsmith, who does The Next Generation, using Courage's uh, main theme from the original series here and there. Uh, films have had a bunch of different composers but for the original series uh jerry goldsmith and james horner are the biggest uh amongst the group until of course you get to this new series we're talking about in which case we revisit michael giacchino he thought we'd be done with him but nope this is just one more reason to talk about his stuff um james horner like avatar titanic amazing spider-man james horner that's the James Horner, yes. He did uh, Wrath of Khan and Search for Spock. Whoa, so this guy's been around. In, yeah, he was involved in the 80s with it. Uh, unfortunately, he uh, passed away last year, so. Mm. Uh, 2016 claims another victim. Or maybe it was 15, actually. My, yeah, I think I was talking about James Horner. He, yeah, he uh, crashed his plane. Um, Good for him. him. Yeah, go out like a fucking badass. But yeah, go those out are like the two. Buddy Holly. Oh. Oh, no. <laughs> the day the music died. <laughs> All right, continue. <laughs> the music is very much still alive, though, because 
uh, Giacchino wrote all three Star Trek scores for this latest iteration, two with J.J. Abrams, and he carried it over for Beyond in what was already a really, really busy year for him, um, having done Zootopia, Doctor Strange, and Rogue One. Damn. Side note, we... <laughs> he, he also did a uh, Star Trek and Star Wars movie in the same year. So I'd say that's a that's a pretty good accomplishment if uh, you ever want to write that on your resume. Anyway, uh, first clip I have on the docket today is uh, Giacchino's main Star Trek theme. Uh, debuted it back in the 2009 movie. It's appeared in all three movies thus far. If you go to the... Uh, <laughs> Any number of places, including the Great Clips IMAX Theater in uh, the Twin Cities, or even in my humble little bookshop, you will hear that uh, from time to time. It's just that popular. Cue it up. good i love that i love that rush 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 stop look at the open expanse rush 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 stop take in the open expanse space space space. Space. it feels feels like light speed doesn't it like out of light speed right i think they have actually used that uh to match up with a few scenes where the ship does come out of uh, hyperspace, and all of a sudden, da, 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 da. it's great. Awesome. I want, yes. I want more. Okay, well, there's so much good stuff from all three of these soundtracks, so I made sure to pick at least one from each of them. Uh, next one, fast forwarding to Into Darkness, which has its own great selections, uh, despite being, you know, as we said, just an okay movie. Uh, the one that stands out for me the most is the Kronos Wartet, which you can always uh, count on Giacchino to get the punny titles for the tracks in there once again. Stampede in the gorge. Simba's <laughs> down there. <laughs> ben, ben. Simba. Oh, I'm amped. Oh, I'm about to like cut out a human heart and eat it. Jeez. Whew. I'm about to <laughs> murder my brother's son. 
<laughs> nephew. I'm nephew? about to murder my nephew and frame. No, I'm about to murder my brother and frame my nephew for it. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> it took you a lot to remember Hamlet. <laughs> we I, got there. Lion King. Same thing. Yeah, I know. That's what I was what? gonna say. I oh. think you mean Lion King. <sighs> same thing. Same thing. No, it's not. Okay. Yeah, it is. It's the same plot. No, it's yep. not. Lion King Moving has on. lions in it. Oh, for fuck's yeah. sake. Hamlet has a bakery. Lion King also is in Africa. <laughs> Hamlet <laughs> is in Hamland. Yeah, <laughs> where all the hams live. Yeah. There we are. <laughs> is Hamlet a little ham? Yes. No, he's a big ham. Hamlet's oh. an idiot. <laughs> a dramatic idiot. <laughs> then who is poor Yorick? Poor Yorick? Uh, well, he knew him pretty well. He's also super dead. <laughs> oh, shit. Poor Yorick. A poor, a poor Yorick is a sausage no. put on a piece of <laughs> crusty not. bread. Oh, yeah. Not poor Yorick. Sorry. Pork Yorick. Sure. Yeah. Oh, pork. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Speaking of punny titles. Uh, speak- <laughs> there we go. Yes, we found way. our way back. Oh, speaking of punny titles, uh, next track I have on the uh, agenda is Crash Decisions. Get it? Uh, that's my one track from Beyond, which honestly, for being like maybe the best movie of this new series, kind of the least descript uh, score from know this time around, which, like I said, busy guy. But still, this one was the one that stood out to me. That was a terrible, 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 terrible fade out. Not a great fade out. <laughs> <laughs> Do my best. When 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 the songs and Skylar and Marin are all on the same channel, I have to turn it down and back up a bunch. <laughs> so yes. I ain't judging. It's fine. Uh anyway, was the that fact, a sample? The fact that that's the first time you've done that <laughs> is really quite remarkable. Do my best. <laughs> the soundboard, okay? Do my uh, fucking best. Is that is that a is a dun 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 dun? dun is that like a, it feels like a sample? That feels like from something. Am I wrong? Um, I think I it's know. from this movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're hilarious. Like, I think it might be not <laughs> crawl's theme. Oh, okay, crawl's theme. That makes sense. That does actually make sense. Y'all ever seen crawl? Liam Neeson's mm-hmm. first acting gig. There we go. <laughs> terrible, terrible film that everyone loves. I thought loves. Darkman was his first acting gig. Oh, no. Might have been his first lead acting gig. In Kroll, he was just a pirate. <laughs> oh, okay. Just a pirate. Yes, exactly, because that movie was just a piece of shit. Uh, there we go. <laughs> a lot of people have, like, it's like a camp, whatever, like, classic, like The Last Starfighter or something cult, like that. Cult classic. Cult classic, yeah. And I just think it's terrible. And some one of my friends who's, like, 40 recommended it to me. as like, this movie is great from my childhood. And I watched it, and I was like, this movie is shit. And I had no <laughs> respect. Childhood. I, yeah, I have no respect for Krull. None whatsoever. There's a Cyclops. There's flaming horses. I didn't give a shit. I was like, fuck oh, all this. Sick. <laughs> it's terrible. Then, but then didn't the, South Park reference it when Jesus has like that really ridiculous um, like throwing star thing yes, that he it's, kills? It's um, the glaive. It's the glaive. That's right. It's, yeah. He kills the most with. ineffective fucking weapon ever invented besides whatever the freaking uh, <laughs> double uh, wrinkle chin people in Star Wars use. Dub- what? Who are the wrinkle chin people? 
Dorf's race. I've already forgotten. Dorn's Michael Dorn's race. Worf. What? <laughs> what is their race? Klingon? Klingon. Thank you. <laughs> Jesus. I was blanking real hard. Okay. The wrinkle chin race? <laughs> no, wrinkle. Yeah, wrinkle forehead. Sorry. Forehead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there we go. Mm. Anyway, the thingy they use that's just like this weird curved blade that you have to use with two hands. Like, <laughs> there's no... The thing is terrible. An absolutely ineffective weapon. All right. Anyway, uh, back to music? Is that where we yeah. are? <laughs> we, well, we got back to Star Trek, so now we can get back to music. For the final track of the evening, which is the end credits from uh, the 09 film... Which actually references Alexander Courage's original Star Trek theme, because you gotta pay that fan service. But it's great, so we'll give them pa- we'll give them a pass. Damn it. Okay, twice in one day is shut <sighs> forgivable. Ah! <laughs> You're <it>. forgiven. <laughs> all right. Uh it, 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 fuzzy feelings all around. Star Trek. Goosebumps. Yes. So much goosebumps from these tracks. It's great. This was my first exposure to Giacchino because, you know, Incredibles was just there and I never got into Lost, so then going to see this, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, there was a moment when I was watching this film in theaters in the cheap seats, because I totally <laughs> forgot it came out when it came out, uh, that I was sitting there and there was this older woman who looked to be in her 60s, a sort of a row in front of me, uh, just sort of leaning back in her chair with this giant smile on her face. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like you've probably seen the original Star Trek. And this, this means something. Yeah, to like you. this what? is, and then when it says like for Leonard Nimoy, like I could swear a little glisten in her Aww. eye came, and I was like, Crying oh, all the time. Oh and I God. just like I had this giant, giant smile for the film. I was like, why didn't I see this before? This film is so awesome. Um, yeah. So I just sort of hung out there during it, and I was like, and there's for Anton. There it is. Okay. Aww. And then that's when I went, oh, <laughs> it's a science segment now. It's a science segment. We're going to talk about teleportation and warp drives. Okay. Anyone is free to ask questions? Yes. Okay. What's a teleportation? So it's where you take one thing and move it to another place, but without moving it through the space in between. So? So like you see in Star Trek where they're like, beam me up, and then they dematerialize and they show up back on the ship. But they're cre- essentially dematerializing a person and creating a new person. Right. So that's, every time you're being cloned. There's there's some like really bizarre existential like horror on like a Lovecraftian level <laughs> happening with these. Has anybody seen The Fly with Jeff Goldblum? Yes, it's like that. I've only uh, seen the original. So speak. must be so sterile. Because what would wouldn't you merge if there's like even bacteria in there? Like so, that's not a part of your body. So the way it works in Star Trek is you're like beam me up, and then a computer scans your entire body, learns the quantum <laughs> state of every particle that makes up you, and then disassembles that all, and then uses a different set of atoms to recreate your quantum state. Oh shit! They're making matter. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, they're re reconfiguring it. Okay, well, like I, at the subatomic level, which one, I did like that it showed how long it took to do that in the two Star Treks, in the first, in the two reboots, mm. two thousand nine, and then the other one. Well, yeah. it's just like Bloop. that's the whole reason Spock's mom dies is because he can't like scan her. Or <laughs> yeah, <whatever. laughs> why well, such a dramatic scanner? 
You so, can't read her barcodes or whatever. But like scanners, another David Cronenberg movie. Because of how it works, it's actually impossible to do it the way it is done in Star Trek. Because yeah. there's a little thing called the uncertainty principle, which basically says you can't learn the entire quantum state of a particle. Because if you know too much about its location, your head will explode. You don't. Well, the more you know about its location, the less you can know about its uh, energy or its momentum or what? whatever. So it's if you know, like putting okay, yeah. So I if you, you know where something is, you don't know how fast it's going. And you mm-hmm. need to know both of those things to have a complete quantum mechanical description of it. Oh, God. So you can't scan a person and know exactly what's happening with every single atom. What if you froze all their atoms? Well, you can't do that. <laughs> because, they would the more, be dead. <laughs> because the more you know about you know, their position loss, you know about their energy. The more you know. What about, like, because isn't there, like, a whole thing where cells are constantly dying or, like, being made all the time? Right. So would that be a huge part of it too like you're scanned in that moment and then like are you frozen in time and right. then what yeah, about so all that's, the cells that's that are thing, regenerating like, and going away exactly so that's part of the problem because this computer scans you right but it has it has it can't do it in no time at all but yeah. in that time it takes to scan you like it starts at your head by the time it gets to your toes the quantum state of the particles in your head has changed yeah so what so do we do like- then leave you behind then or something keep scanning so forever like once you start to think about it you're like wow there's no way that would work what if Mm -hmm. the scan was instantaneous well it still wouldn't work because it could either know a lot about all the positions of every atom in your body it could know a lot about their momentums it could know Mm -hmm. some of each but not enough you have no control this is terrible but did you guys see the movie lucy no. With Scarlett Johansson, that's Scarlett fine. Johansson. You don't need to see it. It's terrible. It's so bad. There's this one point though where she's talking to these scientists and it's like they're trying to be all like convoluted with like how the universe and space and stuff is measured. <laughs> but she has this she explains to these brilliant people, including Morgan Freeman, that space and like everything is measured in time, which is like a car starts speeding up and then it gets to the point where you can't see the car anymore. So it's kind of, I kind of get what you're saying, Ben. It's like having horse, like if you put like horse blinders on or something, you focus on the car and you see the car, but you have no idea of how fast the car is moving. Right. So you can't take into effect the fact that the car is moving or what it's doing. And then once you start focusing on the speed of the car, then you can't see the car anymore. Yeah. That's actually a really good analogy. Oh. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You can either like take a video of a car. And then you can tell how fast it's moving, but the picture's going to be blurred. Yeah. Or when you're um, going on a road trip and you're in the car, you know, you aren't moving, but somehow you, like, see things past you. Yeah. So you, you can take a video and you know how fast the car's moving because you can see, oh, it went this far in this many frames. But each individual frame, that car is going to be a little blurry because it's moving. It's a different piece of space. Or you can get a really high-speed camera, take one really good picture, know exactly where that car is, but you've lost all information about how fast it's traveling. Yeah. The same thing would be true of whatever supercomputer they're using to scan your body in Star Trek. I think you have too much of a black and white view about this technology. I have a (laughs) degree in physics understanding (laughs) of this technology. (laughs) I have a B minus in physics 411 quantum mechanics. (laughs) Why not both? There's a reason you're on here. I got to be in quantum mechanics, so I think I know. I'm so proud of you. Good job. Thank you. <laughs> you know, it's funny because, like, yesterday you had a C in quantum mechanics. I had, And no. tomorrow you'll have an A. No. <laughs> I've always Shit, had no. a B. Quantum, quantum mechanics joke. Ben is very humble. I don't know. See, my problem with this it's science always is changing. always changing. No. Yeah. That's okay. Just like time, the time in Star Trek. Yeah. Because I always got really frustrated with the whole concept that Scotty, or not Scotty, yeah, Scotty, comes up with the formula to bring people onto the ship in hyperdrive and then Leonard Nimoy has the formula and then he gives it to the new Scotty who says you made it but in their universe he didn't make it Leonard Nimoy made it so I don't get it it doesn't make sense <laughs> like so you, convoluted and I hate it <laughs> you have the potential of making this but you're too young to figure it out now 
So we're just going to skip ahead to the part where you figured it out. And then, oh, that's such garbage. It's cheat codes, it's man. It's cheat codes. And then, and then Chuck Berry's cousin is on the phone, and he's like, you're never going to believe what the formula for the, for the warp core is. <laughs> My dad works at Nintendo. It's fine. It's your cousin, Marvin Berry. <laughs> You'll never believe what Scotty and Spock are talking about. Listen. Listen to this, man. <laughs> And then Scotty starts playing Johnny Be Good. Yep. See, that's fine because that movie is all about stupid space travel that doesn't make sense. This is supposed to be like space travel that we're supposed that to does like make sense. idealize towards, and it's just like he just has like a two minute, like two second thing where he's like, "Oh my god, I didn't consider space is moving," and it's like, "Then you didn't make the formula, and you're a rubbish." Then you physicist. didn't do it. <laughs> Then Leonard Nimoy made the formula. Yeah, then you give like, it to the dying ambassador said he made this shit. Oh, God, He's a genius. Completely <sighs> negates it. Whenever you play with time travel and stuff, then it just is like, this is, you can't. This is wrong. This is bad. Unless you do it oh, in an so interesting bad. way. Like Primer. Or Lost, but yeah, Primer. <laughs> <laughs> Lost or, just got away with it because they didn't explain themselves. Oh, yeah, around season four, they were like, Time travel, that's it. Okay. <laughs> Which is another J.J. Abrams project. Oh, he's all, whatever, yeah, that and Fringe. <laughs> Whenever you're like, ah, oh, fuck it, we don't know what to do next. Time travel. Oh, that I just think it's so funny how, in, in, how people think it's so easy to make time travel happen. You know, it's like, oh my God, a random wormhole. What the hell, man? <laughs> it's, just, it's just like, it's just sitting there. It's just, let's go touch it. I want to touch it. <laughs> get. And get, then get, the movie get. Timeline. Yeah. Or the book. Oh, that's a good too. So anyway, that's that's teleportation. Okay, you had another topic. Mm-hmm. I had another warp cores. Warp cores. Mm-hmm. Warp 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 factor eight, Mister Sulu. Red, red matter or red element? No. What was the shit that powered his ship in Star Trek One? The warp core. It, no, no, that didn't power his ship. That was just antimatter. Oh, but it was red. Yeah, that's what they used to yeah. destroy a planet. Did you not watch the movie? I, I, <laughs> it's the black holes. <laughs> But it was it was really really red, and he called it like red element no, or something. The warp core is the thing that he kicks a lot in the second one. Yeah, okay. I'm it's, the really the sad go fast. I'm trying to think of whatever the red shit was. All right, and there's it's a ton of like radioactive. Yeah, it's the red matter. Yeah, what is red matter? Antimatter. It's, it's a black hole generator. Oh, it okay. generates, antimatter. Did you not watch the movie? They oh. drop a drop of it onto the planet, and it sucks it up. <sighs> All right, it. gives it the suck. As it's the like antimatter from like... angels and demons. It's like the same thing, basically. Oh, okay, that's right. Now that makes sense. Yeah. Anyway, warp drives. Warp drives. So, the ships in Star Trek go real fast. Okay, faster than <laughs> faster than light, right? Yes. Which is not supposed to be possible, but but Star Trek. It's Star Trek. So the way they get around not being able to go faster than light is they think, well, you can't go through space faster than the speed of light. But what if you take space and shrink it? Yeah. Then you're still going just under the speed of light, but you have less space to go through. The explanation as described in Event Horizon. Take the piece of paper, fold it in half, stick a pencil through it. No, it's more like it's more like make the piece of paper shorter and then go at the same speed. And then you're like, oh, we're here already. We were never going faster than the speed of light. But... Is it not? The, it's have, not. It's not the, the pen. It's the not folding the, the paper and poking the pencil through it. Okay. All right. All right. It's all right. It's making the paper shorter. Okay. Sure. Mm-hmm. It's it's taking, sure. It's taking sure. Sure. It's taking sure. a sponge. I fucking get it. And squashing. It's moving. It. Yeah. It's moving the back of the panorama, but the ship just hangs out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, sounds good. So it sounds great, right? Yes. And a couple of years ago, like, uh. Not more recently than David Bowie dying. Around the time Harambe died. <laughs> okay. Which, we'll talk about that later. Uh, there, there there was, like, this news report on, like, ifuckingloveScience.com. Of course. That NASA was going to, like, release this paper about how they made a warp core that did this thing. It compressed the space around the ship so that it could move faster than the speed of light. That'd be fucking crazy. If you go to NASA's website, they say, no, we're not doing that. It's not possible. Aw. Fake nothing, news, motherfuckers. Because nothing can travel faster than the speed of light, and you can't cheat your way around that. <laughs> <laughs> you hear me, Green Lantern? You can't just cheat by bending space. You still have to go under the speed of light. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, 
All right. Sorry, Star Trek, but for science, science is solid. Science. science. Can we talk about <laughs> Trump's first hundred days as president? No. Uh, Say what? Okay. Unless, <laughs> unless this is the part where I turn it over. I mean, I didn't expect everyone's segment to go as long, but <laughs> we're already an hour in. And I mean, Marin, so- now would be your segment to talk about anything Star Trek like on your mind and stuff like that, or Trump's hundred first days. I don't really want to talk about that because I don't want Say to be what you more will about Trump. than I actually need to be. At least the number of gorillas alive at the Cincinnati Zoo has not gone down. <sighs> yep. Once again, we have addressed this. <laughs> well, he wants as it. As far as we know. He wanted it on air. On air. Yeah, that was before air. So now he wants Ben, do you know? Do you need to go to Cincinnati and make like take like a head count or something? <laughs> will that make you feel better? Yeah, it would. <laughs> you probably <laughs> You should probably go to Cincinnati. There's probably like a statue there or something. I'm there sure be. they're Stop fucking it. Dick. <laughs> I'm sure that there's like people are still bringing flowers to his <laughs> enclosure. Like some kid got run over on the side of the road. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, it's much worse than that. God. It's something actually bad. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. I don't know. The thing that I like about Star Trek more than anything, I know it's really easy and interesting to compare it to Star Wars, but what I actually think is cool about Star Trek is how idealized it is, especially like Gene Roddenberry's whole dream of humanity and the question of emotion. Yeah. Um, Because I also think it's interesting that the two most popular characters are two characters that can't emote and are constantly struggling with their humanity and the question of emotion. So you have Spock in the original one that is the most iconic, who mm-hmm. constantly struggles with understanding emotion. And then in Next Generation, you have Data, whose like greatest desire is to become human and to understand feeling. That's which right. is kind of an interesting comparison that those two are the ones that people kind of most talk about and most remember. Mm-hmm. Because it seems like humanity finds emotion to be such a burden but within these two shows, these two characters are yearning for that burden. And then you've got William Shatner, who can't emote like a normal human being. <laughs> I'm Captain Kirk! Plus he gets the crap kicked out of him all the time. <laughs> and he's a punk. Enough to get like his sh- shirt ripped open at least once every other episode. It's true. <laughs> what do you guys think about the question of human emotion in Star Trek and these two characters? I mean, I wish I knew more about the next generation um, mm-hmm. than I currently do because I was only able to get through about half of the original series before I went, oh, wow, this is a bit much. But there was um, the episode that always struck me as um, that stayed with me was definitely the one where they fought wars without weapons. They fought mm-hmm. wars by simulation and they accepted casualties on the other side where they would say, oh, no, our enemy just nuked us and 30,000 people need to die. But like nothing happens. They just played that out on like a screen and they got nuked. Like, they're playing a game. But 30,000 people still have to go die. Otherwise, they will actually nuke them. Multiplayer to the extreme. Yeah. But, I mean, it's like, it's like this way, there's no collateral damage. It was like, that's what they're saying. Because Kirk's like, no, you don't have to do this because he falls in love with the girl. Mm-hmm. Of course. <clears throat> or Spock does, too, I think. I think they both do. Um, or Spock kind of does. He's like, uh, what is Spock's love? Spock's a ladies' man, too. <clears throat> he definitely is. Um, cause Jig's, uh, t- oh, crap. Well, anyway. Uh, so he's like, you don't have to do this. You don't have to sacrifice yourself. He's like, yes, I do. Because this is how it has always been. So that there's not as much pain. And I went, wow, this is kind of a deep concept of mm-hmm. just like, what if we evolve warfare to the point of death is simply just, like guaranteed and ascertained on each side so that you don't ruin the way of life, but you still have war. You reach that sort of agreement, like how you agree to not really have chemical attacks, you know, which does not go over. So well. not doesn't go over so well, but I mean, like the world as a whole still said, you know, we need to lay off on that, which they, <laughs> I have, I have a theory. Hmm. The use of chemical weapons only stopped because they stopped being effective weapons. They're weapons of fear. They're not weapons of mass destruction. Yeah. 
All right, and that that's all I said. With, with the emotion, I didn't really catch on to that as as much. I guess I didn't wasn't able to cling to it. It wasn't what I sort of cling on to it. Cling. Oh God. Ah, damn. As it, it were. Yeah. Well, Gene Roddenberry is a very interesting character. Like, he's definitely a huge visionary, but he had very definite themes that he was fascinated with. Um, and it was super interesting because he has very lofty themes mm-hmm. that he loves. He loves the idea of Gulliver's Travels kind of exploration, which is like his inspiration for Star Trek. Yeah. Um, he also wanted space cowboys, so he was Joss Whedon 40 years early. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I clung on to but, his idea of diversity, you know. Oh, um, yeah. Well, he, well, his big thing was, you know, Excelsior, like, enter into the future, harmony, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like you said, diversity, especially during the 60s. Exactly. Like, I was like, wow, yeah. they're getting away with a lot of stuff with this mm-hmm. um, Uhura character. I don't remember the actress's name. Michelle Nichols. Michelle yeah. Nichols. And I was like, wow, She's she is on show. TV a lot for the 1960s. That is actually she, astounding. You know the story about her and uh, Martin Luther King Jr.? <gasps> no, did they date? <laughs> no, she was going to leave the show after the first season because she was tired of just being a pretty background character. And then Martin Luther King Jr. wrote a letter to her and begged her not to because <gasps> she was a strong, intelligent black woman. That other people, like other girls and black people, like men and women and young kids, could see oh, yeah. on television wearing a uniform, mm-hmm. working at like a computer. Yeah, I mean, Whoopi Goldberg cited her as like her main inspiration for going into mm-hmm. acting. Mm-hmm. She's and, a big deal. Yeah, she's a cool lady. It's a big fucking deal. Yeah, first interracial kiss on national television. Is that correct? It is correct. Boom. Scandalous, not really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she got hate mail for that man, but what else is new? <laughs> Trolls have been around forever. Oh, okay. <laughs> they've been around since 1915. Birth of a yeah. Nation? I, I'm pretty sure they predate that, but we can see. <laughs> well, I'm just, that's the film. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I forgot about that movie. Yeah. But no, it's not just her, though. They also had uh, a Chinese man, yep. a Russian man, and an alien, and a black woman. And all four of these individuals had prominent roles and were central characters in a movie in 1966. And they never brought up their race. They never, Uh -uh. they never did it. They're just like, you're just a person. And that's what I think I love about Roddenberry is just like his full commitment to the series idea of Mm -hmm. this is the ambiance we are setting. This is, this, this is acceptance. We're not going to mention it because it is accepted. Right. There's no reason to still be talking about it. Everybody already <laughs> feels this way. All these characters already feel this way. Uh, they Gosh. don't need to bring it up and be like, ah, remember like your homeland of China? It's like, no, because we've already <laughs> been a unified world for years. We're never going to dive into that. There's no need to do it. It's all about going forward to see the next cool thing like a cube planet i don't know something absurd when they meet a beans. world without whales damn it yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when they meet the 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 planet of the people who are highly evolved and see them as insects stuff stuff like that and it's just like you, you're breaching on concepts that are just so hard to wrap around yeah. and you have all these <clears throat> different perspectives going at it because they're all different types of people and aliens from different setups and i'm just like yes i love this <laughs> This is okay, diversity good. personified. I need to skedaddle. Okay. So I'm going to back out. Bye, Skyler. Thanks. Bye-bye. Talk to you later. Bye. Okay. Miss you. All right. Bye-bye. Diversity is quite terrifying to talk about, I understand. <laughs> yeah, I'm petrified. You should be. I need, to, I need a drink. Yep. I can't handle it. Can't do it. <laughs> okay. Bye. 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 All right. And that's, that's I mean, that was my rant. Yeah. It Star wasn't Trek. a rant. It was a well, Gene Roddenberry is also incredibly fascinated with the idea of what sex will be like in the future. Mm, Barbarella. Yeah. Definitely orgasmatron. Well, he had this whole thing in the room. There was this episode, I can't remember what it's called, just focusing on like sex and relationships in what the future will be like. Because, I don't know, despite having all these lofty goals, goals, he was uh, still a... uh, 
oh, common he's, person. He's a, so he's I don't a, know. He's just scandalous. I remember there was a scene in the Next Generation. I've never seen more than like five episodes of Next Generation, but as a kid, my dad would watch it occasionally, and. <laughs> <laughs> they like someone intercepted their ship and stopped them and was like, ah, you are the two humans and like is on their big screen. Uh, we will destroy your ship soon unless you meet our demands. And, you know, Picard, what are your demands? We are fascinated with the human condition. We would like you and that other human creature to mate. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> Picard's like, right now? <laughs> yes. Uh, that would be kind of like he's really, uh, that would be kind of inappropriate. I was like, what do you mean inappropriate? Like the like the aliens can't conceive the idea of just like just fuck, do it. <laughs> can't conceive. <laughs> ah, <laughs> damn it! I'm not even trying anymore. Anyway, yeah. that's all I got. You, what do you got, Ben? <laughs> Gosh, I, I watched. I've watched a lot of the Next Generation. I can't remember a single episode. Oh, <laughs> there, there's one where they like find a cat, <laughs> like. Of course, you're nebula, yeah, yeah, thing, uh-huh. and then they talk to it, and it's like, cosmic <laughs> wisdom, <laughs> and I can't remember what it was, but that all so it all struck stuck with me. Yeah, well, Star Trek is different than you know. Again, to compare it to Star Wars, is it's more philosophical? Because I'm not saying Star Wars isn't philosophical, but Star Wars also has the whole lightsaber intrigue rebellion battalion good versus evil superpower kind of thing mm-hmm. and then star trek is just a bunch of people in a spaceship like flying around or moving space and going to different planets as you said before in order to just explore you know and like each episode like sure they have bad guys and they have over arching like concepts like the borg and stuff like that but each episode is just them having misadventures in space oh you know so great so great yeah. Uh, I, now I need to get back into it as soon as I'm done with my Star Wars kick. Gosh. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting because they actually ended Next Generation um, when it was still like really, really popular because they wanted to focus on, um, I can't remember if it was Voyager or Deep Space Nine. It might have been both of them because I... those two were both like much more action sequency. Mm. And they were less expensive to make. So after seven seasons, even though it was still like the highest rated show after like Seinfeld, they canceled next generation. So they could focus all their attention on these two shows that were more like convoluted political action-y kind of things. Uh, Well, they moved the characters between them. I think Michael Dorn ended up on deep space nine. Yeah. Well, deep space nine is set at the same time as next generation. And then, Voyager is set before the original Star Trek. It's like 90 years to 100 years after First Contact movie is set. Mm. So it's like a long time before Kirk and all those people. And then Enterprise, I don't remember where Enterprise is set. but So Deep Space Nine was like at the same time as Next Generation and like started from that. And now we'll have Star Trek new. Maybe. Maybe. Okay, I think that's gonna tear it all up today, or wrap. We'll wrap it up. Why did I say tear it up? Is that the know. opposite of wrap? Did I just do that? Uh, the opposite of a, a wrap is a flatbread sandwich. Oh, f- mm-hmm. <sighs> Ben, you should uh, give us another sweet Star Trek Kanye rap. I really liked that one. Before. Oh gosh, do you have it? No, I take, don't have did it. Did it take you a while to set up another one? I was like, I was like, oh, I want to, I want to do something, and I was like, uh, I'll just use that song. I ain't saying she a Borg digger. Okay, that's pretty no, good. No, man. <laughs> that's OG. It's old school Kanye. Oh, uh, that's all I know. I miss the old Kanye. Uh, Me too. Where did he go? Um, In his own he died. ego? <laughs> Swallowed <laughs> in it? <laughs> so I have a question, totally off topic, but speaking of Kanye, why do people always freak out about Beyonce at the Grammys? Uh, did she just of, watch the Grammys? Like, what's going on with that? She's become a female feminist icon and, like, the female feminist icon of our generation because that's what the news has labeled her as. So everything she does is strong and powerful as a woman, mm-hmm. reflects as strong and powerful for women across the entire nation because she not only represents the black community but also the white community. Because she's Beyonce. Because she's Beyonce. Because she's in the middle. 
And apparently Lemonade was this groundbreaking masterpiece of an album that no one listened to <laughs> because she released it on Tidal. Oh. And so no one listened to it. So it had limited commercial appeal, which is what the Grammys are ultimately about. Yeah. Oh, why don't we make Beck the best artist? What? what? He came out with an album? Yeah, Morning Phase or whatever the fuck it's See? called. It's pretty good. I, I believe they all are. I don't ever doubt it. <laughs> But it's, I don't know. Twenty five was good, but I don't know. It was different than her original two. I'm talking about Adele, who won Best Album, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I wouldn't say worth a Grammy. <laughs> like well, it's Adele. The Grammys are never about the artistic merit. It's true. You know, they're all about John Legend being fabulous. Oh, he is fabulous. It's a combination of artistic merit, but mostly commercial appeal. Well, Isn't that what all award shows are about? Yep. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Except for maybe the Eisners, if because nobody actually like only that's like anything that's like in between like that's not televised. Yeah. So you don't have to appeal to the mass audience. Yeah. So the Eisners don't. Because if yeah. the Grammys were awarded based on artistic merit, then like Slater Kinney's 2005 album The Woods would have won every Grammy <laughs> for the past <laughs> 12 years. Okay, this has gone on long enough for me not to have at least done the closing outro. Uh, it's going to wrap it up today. Super fans, Super Movie Studies is recorded and produced. Damn it, I need to change that. Ah, <laughs> every just, time. You can just stop after is recorded and produced. <laughs> is recorded and produced. If you like what you hear, <laughs> please be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes. And while you're there, drop a rating, drop a review. It helps other people find the show. Uh, it helps other people find the show. And it helps Slide us feel good DM. about ourselves. <laughs> uh, we're also on Twitter. Uh, at Super M Studies, best place to, uh, meet up with us, talk about, uh, your favorite Star Trek moments, or... What episode of Next Generation should Michael watch next? Ooh, yes! Yes! Hashtag yes! Uh, (laughs) definitely do that. At Super, the letter M, Studies, I will definitely take all that, as well as, um... I'm sure Twitter Tom will partake with me since he will be receiving those tweets and he'll be like, yep, definitely. He hasn't done anything in a while. We need to get him back on the show. Uh, a big thank you to our guest, Marin, for coming on. You were here. Thank You're you. You're wonderful. It's great to have you fun. on. It's wonderful yeah. to always have guests, uh, especially those who know what they're talking about. Um, <laughs> fantastic. And so that's going to wrap it up today. Uh, damn it. I always say it twice. I don't You're want to. Say it twice. Just gonna, just gonna tear it up today. Just oh, gonna tear it up today. I'm your host, Michael Mauer. I'm Ben. Skyler Oliver. I'm Lauren. Hey, thank you, and have a super week. Bye. Bye. Go with <laughs> <laughs> What's this machine called that makes that again? Theremin. 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 Theremin.